Hey everybody, this is Davis over at the CFG and I would like to welcome you to another episode of Pop Culture Gems. This is a series where we talk to amazing creators, artists, cosplayers, voice actors, and so much more. If you like the interviews we do with our amazing guests, give us a thumbs up or subscribe to our YouTube channel, the CFG channel, or you can go to either our main website, confreaksandgeeks.com to listen to all the series of po- uh, episodes that we did before, or you can listen to it on the go on any podcast services that are currently out there today i am ta- uh, i am with a talented voice actor who has done several roles in gaming no- uh animated novels and anime series itself you may recognize her voice her voice in series and games like as like mariah hatata in christ star the gluttonous witch daphne in re-zero the helpful demon slayer nurse sumi nakahara in demon slayers or the crafty killer Nana Hiragi, I in the talentless Nana. I would like to welcome Michelle Marie to the show. How are you doing? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing good as, as good can be. It's just been a long day already. It's only it's only well. I'm in the cent. I'm in the. I'm central, so it's two. Uh, it's two o'clock here. I feel like. Well, at least it's Friday, so like we're almost there, almost to the weekend. Very, very, very true. I cannot wait till the weekend. So that's good. I hope you're having a great day too. So, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good so far. Awesome, awesome. Well, that's good. Well, let uh, well, I mean, let's get into it. I have a lot to talk to to uh, to, to geek out with you from. Uh, let's see. Uh, so like, uh, just like from being a teacher to getting into voice acting, like, what got you motivated to get into voice acting and like, like, what's your story uh, behind it? Well, um, my love of acting actually happened uh, at a very early age when I was six. My parents took me to my very first musical and I just fell in love with the stage. And even at six, I was like, I know I want to be an actor. I'm going to do this. This is my thing. Um, And so I participated in musical theater and theater throughout my childhood and all through high school. And uh, I was really lucky that my hometown really cared about the arts And so we had the Performing Arts Center and there was like jazz festivals, like opera screenings. It was a really it's still really important to my small hometown. Um, So I was really lucky that I had that background um, to kind of be introduced to acting. Um, And then I kind of fell off the bandwagon of acting because real life kind of happened. And so I was like, I'm going to be a singer instead. And I you know how people have dreams and they change basic or like how uh depending on what happens in life. Um, yes, and your, then, your priorities ch- uh, swiftly r- r- change to something else. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah, my, my parents told me, like, follow your dreams, but make sure you have a backup plan just in case, because you can always follow your dreams, but if you can't, if you don't have any money, well, it's kind of hard to do anything. <laughs> so, um, and that's kind of how I fell into um, teaching, actually, because I went to college for um, music, and uh, Japanese studies, because I was like, okay, I'm going to get that, um, my undergraduate, and then I'll get my master's in teaching later. Um, And then I actually went to a Japanese immersion preschool where they only spoke Japanese. Uh, And so it was like really, really cute because all the little kids would call me Michelle sensei and (laughs) it was really cute. Um, And I worked there for about a year as a um, substitute teacher, um, or I guess an assistant teacher. I was there like full time. Um, And then I realized like 
Teachers have an incredible amount of patience and they work tirelessly. So shout out to all the teachers out there. But I, I was like so tired and I was just not for me, even though it was like, you know, it was nice, but it just wasn't for me. Um, and so then I moved back home to Oregon and sort of just was like, what what do I do now with my life? And then I worked at a, a title insurance company for two years. So I know all about things like easements and and all these boring things that nobody really knows about. Um, and then in 2016, I decided that I was going to try to do voiceover professionally because no one ever told me I couldn't do it. I was the one who told myself like, oh, it'll never work. So I was like, well, why don't I just try? Um, and then I took a class, a two-day class, and I realized at the end of it that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So then I moved. <laughs> so I got married in 2018. And then a week during the same week that I got married, I moved with my husband to uh, L.A., don't recommend that uh, <laughs> for anyone wanting to do that. I have to say, though, that's a hell of a two day class for you to be like, yeah, this is what I want to do for my this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. That is wow. That is a pretty crazy. So like so you so I mean, you were teaching, but teaching was really wasn't really your calling. You knew your teaching wasn't your real full calling. You were just using that. That was your backup just in case. Right. Just oh, yeah. To play I mean, it safe. I've always loved little kids because they're super cute and, you know, their ability to just ask questions and, you know, look at things differently. Because I, because as adults, when we get older, we kind of are conditioned to be like, OK, this is the one way that you look at things. But kids are they don't look at it that way. They have, you know, they're so imaginative. And so it's just really refreshing to, you know, have that perspective um, from like little little humans that, you know, <laughs> are so excited to see you when you when you come to to school. Um, so, yeah, it it was a wonderful experience and I would totally do it again. Uh, but it just it wasn't what made my heart feel like, oh, this is what I meant to do. Mm, that's definitely I mean, that's cool. But I just find it very fascinating that like, I mean, like so. So did you have any kind I mean, besides the earlier training that you did before, before you went into kind of pivoted to teaching itself, did you have any kind of like training when you went into the voice act uh, into voice acting besides that two day course and then move, deciding to move your whole your whole career <laughs> to California well i kind of was doing like indie voice acting uh just sort of like projects with my friends um back when i was in high school um i actually um Kira Buckland was my original inspiration because I found projects that she was a part of on Newgrounds. And I was like, wait, you can do this from home? Like voice acting's a thing? And so like, she's the one who inspired me to even start voice acting. And I actually met her at my very first convention that I ever went to um, in Kimo at KimoriCon in Oregon. And so it's really like, such a privilege to be a part of projects with her now as like you know fellow professional voice actors man kira buckland just is like travels around it's like I, yeah. i've heard her name so many times it's like we i've interviewed her too and i'm like man she is a she is a very good staple point in this community of like mm -hmm. a voice she's, actors is, she's a, a wonderful person and she's very you know uh gung-ho about helping everybody and she just really looks out for people she's she's wonderful 
<laughs> that's so great and the, like uh and kind of back to your teaching like i like i heard like you said you when you were teaching you were living you were living in japan when you were teaching like oh. uh that's it was a, a Japanese immersion school in Washington. So it was here in the States, but at the school, um, they wanted to um, help the kids learn Japanese. So we only spoke Japanese at the school to help them with that. Wow. So, so, oh, that, I didn't even know something like that existed. That's, 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 I wonder if it's still, that's a really cool idea. I like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, but did you, but did you live, uh, but you did live in Japan though for a bit, right? Yes, I lived in Japan for two years. Oh, okay, okay. So then that was something different. Okay, gotcha. So yeah. that makes sense now. Okay, and uh, like <laughs> I've, I've done so many things, like because I because that's what you do. You kind of discover what do I want to do? Is this what it is? No. Okay, this no. Like so, if anyone <laughs> says they have a plan with their life, they are either lucky or they're lying and figuring it out as they go. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. I mean, yeah, you definitely, you definitely been moving around. That's awesome, though. I mean, geez, like that's really cool. Then, like, and uh, like, uh, and are you are you fluent in Japanese? Like, yeah. uh, um, I struggle with kanji. Like, I'm not so good at reading it. My husband is an expert at kanji. He he like knows all the little tiny particles and radicals, and is like, this is a person leaning against a tree. So I like what? to say, like, <laughs> together we make one brain because he's good at reading and writing, and I'm good at speaking and understanding. So like we're that one is brain that way. Was he also was he also like a Japanese like you know like did he study Japanese in, in college yeah, too or yeah, was he, he just studied Japanese at Berkeley? Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, Berkeley alone. So <laughs> we'll leave it at we'll leave it at that. Oh, wow. Okay. So like I mean like but how was living like compared to like in Japan like how was it living in Japan compared to like in the U.S. Ah, oh, like it was so interesting because the very first year I went, I was a Rotary International Youth Exchange student. Um, and so it was like um, my hometown and um, a, a town in Japan, uh, like have a sister city kind of relationship. Um, and so that was the like compared to my hometown, my hometown was probably I mean, it might be a few more people but my hometown's only 12,000 people so it's like really tiny um but the the place I went to had 64,000 people so it was kind of a, a big jump um but it was still out in the countryside I, I lived in Yamagataken for a year and that was it was so nice and it was beautiful and oh, it's there's I have so many stories um <laughs> but then uh my junior year of college I went to Tokyo um for a year and um yeah that's that was a uh, kind of for college um but yeah that's how I, I lived in japan for two years wow like um like i went to japan the year before you know the situation <laughs> that's <laughs> happened uh and uh what was there for the tokyo game show and oh. uh, like tokyo is like a sea of buildings and it it's it really overwhelmed <laughs> really overwhelmed me and then what's weird is like i'm from the city but like but for some reason tokyo is a beast in itself i think can i think it, that 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 is just it was it's crazy i love i love it but i want to check out the countryside itself and the uh yeah, kind of the less so reserved nice. It is oh so man that's yeah, one of the so things. Yeah, it's so pretty, and I'm I'm realizing that I didn't actually answer your question. I got off on a train of thought because <laughs> I was thinking about Japan, and I got excited. Um, I think the biggest difference is that, like, one of the things that I really liked about Japan is that okay, so Japan is um they 
own all the 7-Elevens, even the ones here in the United States. But the marketing is so different. Like here, you know, it's all like pizza and wings. And in Japan, you get actually like home cooked meal looking things and you like with meatloaf and vegetables and you can buy fresh produce and all these wonderful different flavors of ice cream and oh okay lawson's pudding it lawson is a grocery store they have the best pudding ever you cannot get it here i miss that so much are you serious i mean maybe in like little tokyo maybe they have pudding but it's not lawson pudding See, that's what's funny to me because like like and uh, i didn't know well first of all i had no idea 7-eleven was owned like that in japan that's 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 cool but uh but like uh what i loved about like yeah you're right like the convenience stores insanely clean like mm-hmm. it is not like there's no ounce of anything like it's always it's organized and everything like that but you're totally right because like we were at, we were we we're like hey you want to go to a restaurant now let's go to the 7-eleven we're just gonna get a small little yeah. meal and we'll be good enough to go eat like a rice ball and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Totally yeah that's right. the thing I missed too is the rice balls were so good. Uh, <laughs> they had just and like the train system was it was so interesting because I had to go to school every morning. Um, and they do actually push push people onto the train, and so it was like really like interesting to watch it because they're like shoving people in, and they have like that's their job is to shove people into the train so the door can <laughs> close. Oh, that's so funny! You need to you, you need to go back. That's what it sounds I like. I know. You just need to I really want to go back. I miss my whole <laughs> families a lot. Oh yeah. Well, you already answered the question of what you missed already, which is the pudding. So there you yeah, go. So that, that's that's the entirety of my Japanese experience summed up. The pudding. <laughs> the pudding. <laughs> it's like I can't wait to get some more of that. What kind of pudding is it? Like, what, what, I didn't even know. It's kind of like flan, but it's like. Uh. Like, oh, it's hard to explain, but it has like a little layer of caramel at the bottom. It's like so tasty. Oh, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, yes. My friend t- had some of that when we were there, too. Oh, yeah, I, I don't like the texture of pudding, so I said oh, that. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah. I understand yeah. that. The texture feels so weird to me. I was just like, oh, no, I'm It's good. all jiggly. It's like jello. <laughs> <laughs> very much so <laughs> all right and uh like okay uh <clears throat> i just started to watch uh i watched the most your uh, one of the recent the the series of talent talentless nana oh like, yeah and nana. my god dude like like it like it's weird because like when i first started to watch it i was like oh okay this is slice of life and uh with <laughs> well, special yeah, whatever slice of life but it's slicing other people's lives <laughs> Very much so, yes, and it and it doesn't slow down. It just keeps on getting. It just it just gets more and more. Like, uh, but I was just thinking about Nanda, the character herself. Like, would you consider? Because like I was actually kind of wondering about this. Like, would you consider herself to be a sociopath because of like how she takes these people out, or do you think she's just a soldier following orders? Because like the whole situation is kind of mixed <laughs> of what's going mm-hmm. on and. I don't, it, and uh, I just wanted to know from the voice herself, like what, what, like what do you think her character is? I think Nana herself is actually quite confused about that. Um, like clearly, she is dedicated to her mission because she accomplished uh, accomplished it in several situations. Um, but 
It's interesting to note, I'm not sure if she did it with Yuka, but when she killed um, Nano and some others, she did, she prayed for their soul. So I feel like that's a very tiny indication that she does still have compassion for them, even though she's like, oh, I hate them and I have to kill them. And it's interesting because, like, spoilers, but um, like towards the end of. Um, the season, or I don't know if it's good. I hope there's a season two, but I'm not holding my breath. Um, but uh, towards the end of the the show, she, you know, befriends Michiru, and she throws away her entire mission, decides to just die for this girl that she. I don't. I don't even know if it's been like a couple weeks. Anime time mm-hmm. is hard to keep track of. I don't know if it's been a month <laughs> or a couple weeks, but she's just like, okay, this girl I just met. Um, forget my mission. I'm gonna do everything for her and literally just die. And the last thing that she says is, you know talking to her parents in her head, oh, I found a friend, her name is Michiru. So I think that Nana, like, is kind of confused about that. I think she's really lonely and that she maybe doesn't want to do this, but I feel like she is forced to um, because I believe, I think his name is Tsuruoka. I feel like, I don't know what kind of conditioning he put her through, but he clearly, like, made her believe that she had to do this because there's a part in the series where um, Michiru says, well, I don't think it's actually your fault that your parents are dead. And Nana has, like, this sort of, like, mental snap where she's like, wait, is everything that I've ever known actually a lie? And that's when she starts to kind of unravel. So I think that, like, I personally, that's why it was hard for me to connect to Nana Um a little bit in the beginning was because I actually don't know what it feels like to want revenge so badly that you'd be willing to kill someone. And I hope that I never actually feel that. <laughs> um, but that's why she was hard for me to play, um, like to connect to her. I connected her in other ways. Um, uh, but uh, you're a method actor, so you kind of have to. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> that would not be good. Um, but yeah, to summarize, I guess is that. Uh, I think that it's mostly, at least from my perspective, is that she was just impressionable at like a young age and believed truly that this was what she had to do. But she kind of knew in the back of her her mind that she didn't actually want to do it. So you would say mostly like she was more like a casualty of the system itself that kind of brought her into that situation. Yeah, so like, that's, yeah. that's what I think. Okay, that you know that's a pretty good one. I didn't really even think about it when you were saying the ports where she's which she was praying, but because she she was doing it to the people that was like like initially because they didn't do anything back to her. But then I I cannot remember the guy's name, but the dude that was trying to blackmail her. Oh, Sunakichi. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was a weird character. Like, yeah, really did such a great job. He was like creepy, but like in a cool way. Like it was weird because as a voice actor, I was like, "Oh, Billy's so cool," but as like a character, I was like, "Oh, I don't like him." <laughs> this dude was was crazy. Yeah, you're, no, the character, yeah, terrible, terrible person. And then, uh, but uh, but no, but like when I, after that, I was like, "Okay, cool." Uh, I understand, but you know that that's a pretty good that's a pretty good explanation. And like what you were saying too, and like and uh, your experience, like how did you connect? to the uh playing nana like if you weren't able to i mean you obviously weren't able to do the to get into that mode of like you know wanting to get revenge uh revenge mode uh uh for your enemies but like how well how like what was the way that you did were able to connect with nana as a character so oh my gosh am i gonna out myself uh i connected to her on the 
on the level of like, huh, you guys don't know anything. I'm smarter than you guys. Like you, you think that I'm this like sweet, adorable little character. Well, too bad. Like that's how you're, you're going to let your guard down and then I'm going to get you. So like, like I, I related to that. Um, just because I like in my past, I've, um, I felt like people kind of didn't take me seriously because I um, had a higher pitched voice and, you know, liked cuter things. And uh, like, it's a, it's a whole thing. But like, so I kind of connected to her on that where she's like, okay, people are going to underestimate me. Well, I'm going to use it against them. So go ahead and underestimate me. And then blah. So that's <laughs> kind of how I connected to her on that. Oh, okay. So that's that, that, that's fair. <laughs> That's very fair. I'll definitely give it that. And uh, like, uh, uh, like uh, other other than that, like you know, tell us on that. Like, I personally love RPGs, and uh, and uh, Trails of Cold Steel is one of my favorites. Yeah, and, Trails. <laughs> yeah. So then you took over the role of Milliam, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Milliam in the series. I believe uh, Ashley Birch did the first yeah, two. She was yeah. the first one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, was it tough to, like, I'm just kind of was wondering, like, was it tough to make a character that was established from one person uh, to 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 make it your own? Like, you know, because uh, uh, you did three and four, the, mo- the last yeah, two, right? Yeah, I did three and four, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, like what, like, how, like, how was that? Like, I mean, because you're, because it wasn't necessarily, you weren't necessarily in there initially when it first came in, but now you're, like, there to replace the last two. Like, I, like how is that, how is that transition? Well, I was uh, definitely nervous because um, I know like when you have an established character and the voice changes, it's kind of weird. It's jarring. Even if the, you know, you like the game or the person or you don't have anything against the voice actor, it is weird to hear a character that you've played two games with be different. Like, I totally get that. So I was like really nervous. I was like, oh, no, they're going to they're going to not like it. Oh, because Ashley Rich is an amazing actor. And so I was like, oh, gosh, like if I mess this up. Oh, no. Um, But like Val was really, really sweet during the recording. And um, all of the fans were so supportive. And that was like. That was it made me feel like a lot better and really touched that the fans were like, yeah, welcome to the family. Like you're you're (laughs) one of us kind of thing. So, like, I'm very grateful that they were so kind and accepting. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like, uh, it's it's funny. Uh, so my people, my crew here, uh, we we like ever since I made this show, I inadvertently invite people that worked on this project and it got to a point where <laughs> there <laughs> well, there's a ton yeah, of characters. There is a ton of characters and I'm oh, like it, it's funny because like I'm like, oh okay, cool. Like I'd love to talk to you. I'll, I'll talk to this person about about this. And then it always like, oh, they did Trails of Cold Steel. So like we're you're number 13 on that list right now uh, towards <laughs> it. And I'm just like, oh this is great. So like my friend's kid uh I've been kidding with me. We we call it seven degrees of trails pretty much at this point because <laughs> we're just like marking it off so i'm like oh cool we got it's like we got half a mil of some million so million it's like so that, that that's crazy uh do you, like the uh is there like a uh is there like an emotion or attitude that you would best describe yourself as like you know with any of your characters like like uh what would you like who would you compare to be like like your kind of tone like uh hyper or like you know mellow like like what kind of like who would you say you would best be described for one of the characters that you play oh let's see um 
It's interesting because I love playing characters that are super energetic or are kind of weird. Like they're mm. like maybe they're a little quirky. Like like maybe they don't take serious situations seriously and they have like a weird quip or they're witty. I love playing those types of characters just because they're so fun. Uh, me personally, I feel like I'm rather shy in person and it takes me a while to warm up because I'm an indoor cat. Um, but uh, I feel like the character that I feel like is the closest to me personality wise is probably Belle from Vindictus. Um, because she's really snarky and um there's this weird dichotomy because she's um actually I, th I don't actually know how old she is maybe like 300 years old 600 years old because she has a curse on her that makes it so she can't age but she flip-flops between being like oh i'm a child don't pick on me and hey show some respect i'm older than you so it's like that sort of interesting dichotomy i just it's <laughs> fun to play um but i think like the character that I feel like is maybe mostly my soul or the character that represents my soul the most is probably my melody. She's like all of the good things plus anxiety because she she kind of <laughs> she gets concerned a lot. Like if like all the good parts of myself plus anxiety is uh, my melody. So, yeah, she's she's my favorite character I've ever played. So I really connect to her the most. That is hilarious. <laughs> like that. <laughs> And uh, and a sprinkle of anxiety towards that. That's pretty good. Yep, yep. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you've done like several, like I would call independent roles too. Like, you know, like uh, my biggest one is like Has Been Hotel, mm -hmm. uh, the mythological drama, drama complex and stuff like that. Like I've, uh, uh, I was actually wondering because like Has Been Hotel actually has a very strong voice acting cast, especially mm -hmm. for like you know it's a youtube like a youtube it's only on youtube just as much as some of the mythological drama god complex was as well like how did you get yourself into kind of these those kind of projects itself itself was that something like was it like a passion project that that was like you knew a person the knew a person or like what got you what, what got you decided into doing these things well, Hasbin was actually really interesting because i just randomly found the audition at 3 a.m on twitter <laughs> Wow. Or like 2 a.m. I think. Um, and I was like, this project's going to be big. I need to send in my demo reel. And so I sent it in. And then I think a couple days later, Viv sent um, sent me an audition for Nifty. And I was like, I got to get this in right now because everybody and their mother's going to audition. And then my, my audition's going to get lost. And so I recorded it within the hour that I received it and sent it right back. Um, because really? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> Oh my uh, God. So like with like, uh, like uh, Viv's oh yeah, so Vivzy Pop, which by the way, folks, if you don't know Vivzy Pop, you need to watch Aspen Hotel. This is a ridiculously great animated series or movie. I, technically it's a technically it's a pilot, but uh but it's a very good one that folks need to watch. 18 plus though. 18 plus very much so, so. But, uh, not yeah. for kids <laughs> not for kids definitely or strong religious <laughs> religious vibes into it too <laughs> but uh wow so so like you got so like so what made you so were you following vivzy prior to all of this and then you just when you saw the opportunity and then you're like wow there you go uh no it just popped up randomly on my twitter I, you know, the algorithm was just like, here, Michelle, you want this? And I was like, yes, I do. Thank you. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. That's cool. So what about like mythological drama god complex? Like that one seemed, I don't even know where they, like how, like how did, how did, was that, was that something that was like, you know, your agent or something like that? Or cause like, I, I just find it very fascinating. It's like a person, like a voice actor, like to your level 
to be like to go with it all of a sudden you just go into these the uh these these smaller projects relatively smaller projects i would say and uh and we're able to get into this kind of thing it's like man how do, how do you how do they get people <laughs> to, to do these things that's really it's very interesting to me well it's <laughs> it's kind of like because when i first started um deciding that I wanted to do voiceover professionally. I started back in 2016. Um, I just auditioned for projects online from here and there, like different websites and Mm -hmm. casting calls that I found. Um, But that was when I was still living in Oregon. So I actually, like with Nifty, the lines in the pilot, that was my audition that I sent in. And I recorded it in my closet um, in Oregon. Um, Obviously, I've upgraded a bit since then. but uh, yeah, so that's when I was first starting. And then I had, that's what uh, God Complex was. So I just auditioned for it because I found it. Um, and they cast me as Namain oh, and wow. Susano. Um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of like it was ongoing. And so it's really interesting because you can, there's like several indie projects that I was actually a part of back in 2016 that still haven't come out or they're still sort of like, you know, working through whatever it is that they need to do. Um, and so sometimes they'll pop up and I'll be like, oh, yeah, this thing. Um, and so it's interesting that people are like, oh, like, why why are you doing like indie projects, too? And it's like, well, those are from actually a long time ago because that's the thing about voiceover is that because we're not on camera all the time or there's so many of us. So it's like hard to keep track of everybody. Um, So you like start small and you're doing like all these things and then like it just sort of comes out at once. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, but if, okay. So if the opportunity comes in with has been hotel, let's say has been hotel decides to make a series like a, oh would would you would you like to return to something like that or well, I don't I don't know if you've heard the news but actually A24 picked it up and uh they are making a series um but unfortunately I was not asked back to be nifty so <gasps> uh, my oh, best I'm sorry. Was, I don't I don't know like uh who they picked or anything um and I actually like have very limited knowledge of that anymore. Cause I'm, I guess I'm technically not a part of it anymore. So uh, I don't actually know anything else about it. Um, but I, I do wish everybody on the project the very best because it was a wonderful experience um, because that was like the first role that I booked that I felt like, Oh, I'm a voice actor. Like before I moved to LA, that was the role where I was like, Oh, I can do this. Um, and so Nifty will always um, have a special place in my heart. I love that. That's that's cool. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I didn't know. I did not know that they got it got picked up. That's that's interesting. And uh, like, and uh, just <clears throat> excuse me. One more thing. I was just thinking about it. Like, uh, what when you said when you picked up your like everything from Oregon to LA? Like, what like uh like you're and you were saying that you're you're doing smaller smaller roles to kind of get yourself you know your feet wet in the industry itself like what kind of roles did you start like like did you start off at like like i'm just kind of <laughs> wondering uh like how did so, that process go yeah so uh the very first role that i ever booked was this cute little uh toy car a shopkins car named puff rusher and she's like a cat and a car but like 
a loofah is driving her. I don't know. Kids' toys are very, very strange, <laughs> but she's super cute. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I remember going into the recording booth and being like so nervous because I was like, oh, this is like the first time I'm doing an actual project. And the engineer said, oh, here's the headphones. Thank you. Uh, you can adjust the volume. Okay. And in my head, I was like, I'm never touching that. Don't touch it because you're going to break it and they're never going to hire you again. So whatever level it's at too bad for your ears here we go like i was so nervous um oh no but yeah that was the very first role that i booked um and it was like a a music video kind of commercial animation thing like it was a music video to promote the the toys but there were like speaking parts in it um and so uh she was like this hyper uh, it's it's on youtube still uh but she's like this hyper little cat car thing um and then after that my very first uh anime role that i booked was girl o2 in hero mask um but she was it was so like it was so exciting to see like my voice coming out of the character i'll never forget that moment where they do the playback in because they check sync um and i was like that's like, it was so <laughs> exciting to, like, see that. And I don't even care that she didn't, she was girl too. Like, that was the coolest thing ever. And uh, after that, then I got Grand Crest. Uh, I was, um, what's her name? Luna. Luna and, and Kami? Kami, yeah. Uh, in Grand Crest War. And then I think after that was Fizel in Sword Art Online. And it just went from there balloons in there i just love like you're starting the, the startup for your career is very fascinating it's very, cause like uh i would have to say because you went you basically went all in and like, yeah, essentially, yeah. you got you got married the two weeks later you decided to move all the way down to california and you're like okay i'm gonna do that like that is an incredible level of determination and i definitely respect that <laughs> that's awesome well my all husband right. was all for it because he's originally from la um and so he was like oh i'll just be closer to my family hooray <laughs> so he's like it's like oh i don't have to, you're telling me i don't have to convince you to come closer to my family you're you're yeah. openly wanting to come down here okay yeah like, okay do what you need to do <laughs> that's great that's awesome hey that's that's great and the uh, last question i got here for you and i ask this for every every uh, voice actor because we like to do like a special thing at the end of the year for it uh like what is one of the craziest or weirdest lines that you said that you've said that uh, uh that you've said in the booth if you can remember and uh and it could be anything out of context whatever it's like what would you what would you say would be like, wow, I said this. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> well, there's there's two that come to mind. Um, one is more sort of like a, a thing that was said, but it wasn't actually like my line. And then I have the actual line. But I was working on a series called Glepnir, um, and I voiced Chihiro in that. And she <laughs> she's like this shy sort of like character who wants to do more than she maybe can. Like she wants to help more, but she's like not physically like strong enough strong as the other characters um and so there was a line where she's just talking on the roof to shuichi and the line wasn't fitting and it was something like but i don't i don't know what's happening or something like that and the and the director said cheat the butt because like the butt is like but i don't know what we're doing like that kind but my mind instantly went like to like, so I was like, cheat the butt, and that was just so funny to me. The like that 
phrase is so funny. So now I remember it sometimes. I go, cheat the butt. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then the actual line that Chihiro said is like, oh, Glebner is such an interesting, weird show. But like, so the premise is Shuichi, like, made a wish or something. And so now he has this magical power, but he becomes like, a guy a in a stuffed furry animal suit. dog or something like yeah like, he's right? like in a okay. furry suit but it's like him and so like <laughs> other people can like ride inside him like a suit yeah. like like you're a, a, a character actor at like disneyland yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she you know like unzips the back of him and she goes i'm going in like the the director had to mute <laughs> because because yeah (laughs) you you know you can't even like like you can't even have a straight face when you're you're recording that that. was so hard for me because i kept laughing oh it was so funny oh my god that is perfect it's just i'm going in (laughs) (laughs) oh my god okay that is that's up there. I will say I'm like, oh, that's definitely up there. Oh man, that is great. Hey, uh, uh, Michelle, is there uh, like any upcoming events that you're going to be going to, or is there, this is the oh. part where I like to plug, like have you plug where you're going to be or like where people can find you? Um, yeah. So there, I don't know if I can announce, I'll wait. There is a con that I am going to, um, this this year i'm gonna wait for them to announce so that i don't mess up anything that they're they're doing with their planning but but when they when they say then i'm gonna promote the heck out of it um but i will be going to a con this year uh but yeah people can find me on twitter at michelle amory um they can find me on my website at michelleamory.com and i am writing a book actually um and it's uh, set to come out this summer so i'm really excited it's called allies and it is a dystopian science fiction trilogy <laughs> wow so you're, you're making a trilogy book, yeah. <laughs> a book? oh no yep. that's what that i've been good. doing <laughs> that <laughs> sounds awesome project. it's my baby oh so what, you got you got you got to tell me like what what's it about I mean, that sounds awesome so I wrote like, you know, the synopsis on my website. So let's see if I can not ramble. But basically, um, my story focuses on a 17-year-old girl named Al. And she is hiding her identity and pretending to be a boy in society because um, society has um, lost a lot of their population. So a woman's role is very uh, limited. And so <laughs> in and she was like raised um, hidden in a bunker for most of her life. So she's actually only been outside interacting with human beings um, other than her um, parents, which are actually her guardians, not her real parents, um, for only two years. So she's not very good socially. So she kind of doesn't, you know, get it. But um, yeah, so it's like this weird dystopian science fiction, kind of like the aftermath of a, the fall of a utopian society. Um, and she's stuck with this guy she hates on this mission because they collect, they're collecting artifacts for a museum. Um, and so then she discovers an awful secret about her birth mother and she searches for more information. Ooh, look at that. (laughs) That's good. That's the, that's book one. Oh man. That sounds awesome. Oh, 
I am looking forward to checking that out. Definitely. Oh man. So, yeah, well, Michelle, thank you so much for talking, talking with me, geeking out with me here today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, that is, it was so, it was really fun. Now, like in my head, I'm just hearing, I'm going in repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said, use that as motivation if you're like, okay, this is scary. No, I got this. I'm going in. <laughs> there you go oh man and guys if you like to hear uh great interviews with great people such as michelle you can always check uh check out the uh uh check out all the interviews that we have done on our website confreaksgeeks.com or you just go to the youtube channel uh, for the video uh the full video or go to any podcast services out there on pop culture gyms so once again this is davis signing off y'all take it easy <laughs>